Today's episode of Explain Yourself is brought to you by Pan Am Airways, the world's most experienced airline. Please visit their website for low fares and plenty of available seating. It's bleak, Blum. I mean, they pay for that. I just read the copy. <laughs> Welcome to Explain Yourself, everybody. This is the podcast that gives regular people a chance to explain their actions or beliefs. This is Diddy Crumbs and the Muscle Hamster. We're, yeah. we're both back and we've been gone a while and uh, we're sorry for that, but we're back. Yeah, so both myself and Crumbs have had a, let's say, an uptick in the amount of unstructured time in our lives. Indeed we have. And so we figured we would get back to it. Yeah, nothing like a global pandemic to um, put you back into your hobbies and your crafts and your podcasts and, you know, Jerry's like sanding the deck. Housework is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's because Jerry is like a, a faithful and good husband. He's like, oh, sure, I'll go sand the deck. Like, how can we approve things? Listen, it's not for me. It's not about him being a good husband. He really enjoys like working outside and with his hands. But. You know, to each his own. I like sitting in here talking into a microphone with my goofy friend. That's, that's, that's yeah. right. I prefer anything to housework. <laughs> so uh, however you are passing the time, listeners, we would like to give you yet another thing to hopefully um, keep you distracted just long enough to have a little break. So we're going to try to keep this lighthearted. Give we're you not, some mirth. Yeah, some mirth. We're definitely not doing any uh, any COVID topics or yeah, nothing. Nor politics. No, no politics. No, no, no. no pandemic. Yeah, you can if you want that stuff. There's plenty of places. That you it's can, not here. I know where it isn't. Too, also that's exactly here with right. us. Not today. Um, no, today we would like to talk about ways to hopefully improve yourself. Maybe things you can do right now, even today, that might improve your mood and make this social distancing thing seem less terrible. Because there's a lot about it that is terrible. So I guess with that, we can go ahead and get started. Blum, how do you want to do this? You want to do like all three of yours and then... Let's go back and forth. Let's go back. Ping pong it. Well, ping pong. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Before I get started, though, I'll take the first one. But I want to give a shout out to my friend Amac and her piece of garbage that she's married to. Um, They've really been excited for more episodes. And so for you, Amac, we got another one going. Thanks for being loyal listeners, you guys. We love y'all. Except for the piece of garbage she's married to. Right, not him, obviously. No, I don't want him listening. Okay. Okay. No, please, if you're listening, piece of garbage, please stop now Yeah. go do something else. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. Oh, and you know what? Before you get started, I also kind of want to give a disclaimer that while we are, yes, talking about ways you can improve yourself, we are not in any way suggesting that... Everyone should be in the mood to improve themselves in the middle of a global pandemic. We no. know, we know there, there are several people, even that I know, who are struggling through this, and it's it feels like a chore to even get up and do anything. So we are definitely not saying, hey, everyone, pull yourself up by your bootstraps no. and, and just feel better. These are just things that we have found have been helpful for us, and hopefully there's someone out there who may be in a position to try some of this. And yeah, you know. so like if your mental health is bad, there's really two phases. Yeah, there's like the survival mode, right? Where you're just like clinging onto anything you can find to make yes. the day bearable. So yes. if that's you, 
keep the fight going. That's right. That's right. Brother or sister. You know, that's like a pretty rotten place to be. Yeah. I've been there many times myself. So if like your best survival thing you got is binging four and a half hours of some Netflix show. Right. And then a trash bag full of pizza. Like, yeah. Go, go forth. Absolutely. I'm definitely in a mindset of like, you do whatever you need to do to get through the day. Nobody can prescribe to you what's going to make you feel better. So that's not what we're trying to do here (laughs) at all. Just trying to like, you know, talk about some things that have been helpful to us and maybe they might also be helpful to you. Yes. So here's my first one. Okay. And this may not be sexy, but I read this book, which I will talk about in a second. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really important. And it is Respect Your Sleep. Mm, that's the name of the book? No. No. That's, that's my general category of thing okay. you should do. It's okay. the book. It's called Why We Sleep. It's by this guy named Matthew Walker, who's a fancy sleep doctor. And I pulled one quote. And you know I never do research because I show up here and be wacky and then I go home and leave you with all the work to do. Uh-huh. I do uh, know that. I do know <laughs> about that. Yeah. Yeah. Ready? This yep. is what he said. What's the quote? Sleep is the difference between... And he was talking about REM sleep. Yes. REM sleep is the difference between rationality and insanity. Wait, REM sleep uh-huh. is the difference between rationality and sanity. And insanity. And insanity. Yeah. Okay. So REM sleep being the very deep sleep uh-huh. where you're not dreaming, you're just like mm-hmm. flat out, your mm-hmm. body is regenerating mm-hmm. or doing whatever mm-hmm. it needs to do. Okay. Yes. Got it. So if this is the line between rationality and sanity, which I think we agree is pretty important, I think you've got to be more protective of it. Absolutely. There are a lot of people, I think, who disrespect sleep because they think it makes you a tough person. To not sleep? Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, I was so busy grinding it out. Or I was talking to girls on the internet. Or I was... (laughs) I don't know what else I I don't know what else I would be doing. Oh my gosh! But I I don't need any sleep. I'll be fine. I think for the workaholic, maybe there's that one. Yeah. There's can't put down my electronics person. Right, gaming until the wee hours in the morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's sort of like can't account for your time person. Like, oh, you went to bed at eleven. What did you do? I don't know. I might fall into that category. But what do you when you can't when you can't account for your time? What do you actually do? Well, there's a lot of not being able to really make a decision like, hey, I should probably go to bed now, you know. So there's things like we're just watching whatever on TV or I'm like messing around on my phone or I don't know. Like rearranging your spices? Yeah, there you go. Rearranging spices. No. (laughs) (laughs) Usually when I'm not going to sleep, it's because I'm, yeah, engaged in some sort of entertainment activity, listening to a podcast, reading a book, playing a stupid word game on on my phone. Right. So the problem is, and I enjoy all of those things, mm-hmm. but the problem is I'm not like willing to sacrifice my sanity for Coin Dozer, which is a dope phone game I would recommend everybody play. Coin Dozer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know that game? <laughs> no. You, you remember when you go to the arcade yeah, and the little machine I know. and then it drops the, mug, yep. drops the quarter down and then it push it off, you win more? That's what that's what came to my mind. Uh-huh. It's like a yeah. super jazzed up version of that. Yeah, that little tray pushing uh-huh. the toys yeah. around. Yep. Okay. That's what it is. So you have a phone version of that. I do. Okay. Yeah. So you're not willing to trade your sanity for that. And obviously, I'm not consciously aware that, that these things I'm doing is somehow a trade-off of sanity. But uh, yeah, I, I suppose it could... It could translate into that. I usually am not, you know, when I have to get up, I'll plan things ahead a little bit better. But lately, I haven't really had <laughs> right. a reason to get up any earlier than, I don't know, 
10 or 11 a.m. <laughs> right. And which I think is great. the goal is to get eight hours of sleep in a consistent yes. time frame. Yes. However, however you get to that point, I don't think is that big of a deal. Right. Um, and the book makes the argument that basically sleeping eight hours a day affects almost every bodily function. So from all of your organs work better, your chances of cancer decrease, your ability to like restrain from junk food. Uh, oh, really? Is that affected? Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. And it's good to know. Conversely, if you are eating well and um, sleeping enough, you're more likely to stay on the program and you'll see better results from it. Yes. So it's kind of a self-perpetuating mm-hmm. good thing. Yeah. And I think I'm really glad that this has come to light and is getting kind of rehashed in the media over and over and over again. I think eventually most people will be able to come around to the fact that sleep is is definitely something that could it could add years to your life. Literally. Oh, 100% chance. Yeah. And so I think one of the caveats we should at least mention is that for for some people as much as they would like to get eight hours of uninterrupted sleep, it is just not possible because of their, you know, whatever is happening in their life. And it's mostly, mostly, mostly yeah, parents of young children, babies or young children. Mm -hmm. This is really, really, really tough. Um, And so we'll just pray (laughs) for all of you out there with young kids. And I know that uh, quarantining with young kids has got to be even, oh gosh, I can't even imagine. But yeah. Blum, let's keep preaching the message of of respecting sleep because yes. I think that's really important. Respect your sleep. What do you got? Okay, my first one is to write more. Okay. So something that I guess everybody could do. I know writing is probably not fun for everyone. It is fun for me. I've been regularly writing since I was a kid and I enjoy it. But I do feel like even if you don't enjoy writing, it's something that you, there are so many different ways to do it. There's so many formats for mm-hmm. writing that I think you could probably find at least one thing that you enjoy doing. And you're a big proponent of the journal. That I is am your a, primary form, form of writing. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of the journal, although the way I've, I've been journaling lately is different from how I used to journal. I used to just keep like a standard diary. I don't know, every day or every other day I would write an entry and it would be a lot of what was going on. And you know, when you're like a teenager in college, there's a lot of interesting things going on, like, mm. you know, major life decisions happening. Or you think they're major life decisions. Or you think time. it's major, absolutely. And, and maybe it's not. But as you get older, you know, it may not be that you feel compelled to write every day about what's happening in your life because it may just feel kind of like, well, this is boring. Right. Right. Monday. Right. So what I've been doing more recently is more of like a reflection at the end of the day, just kind of, you know, because what's important now that I'm married and have the job that I want. Right. And things aren't so exciting anymore. I like to just kind of keep track of my daily like, how would I do today with these little personal goals that I have? Sure. Like, so reflecting at the end of the day on, like, how did you feel today? What do you think contributed to that? It could be anything. But I think there are other things you can do if you don't want to journal. I also keep a prayer journal. So, like, writing my prayers instead of saying them out loud sometimes is really helpful for oh, that's me. That's interesting. I mm-hmm. So, and, and if you don't pray, you could, you know, call it a meditation journal or sure. something. Pick something out of a book that you like, write it down, write your thoughts about it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also recently have been writing letters. Um, I write to someone who is in prison and that's kind of therapeutic for me and I hope it's helpful to this person. 
and I wrote letters recently to the kids in my youth group just because, you know, we haven't seen each other in <laughs> weeks and they weeks. They need a boost of spur. That's right. That's right. So lots of different things that you can do to write on a regular basis. But I, I just think it's a very therapeutic and meditative and possibly self-improving kind of activity. As you know, I've been known to write a thing or two. You uh, are a writer, friend. So, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I am. Mm-hmm. The thing I always find with writing is if I, I'm forced to do it. I hate it. Of course. But then if I, if I can do it on my schedule, like when I feel inspired to do it or motivated to do it, it's actually quite like... Whew. Yeah, absolutely. But when it was my part of my employment, it felt like a lot of pressure. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't fun. No, and, I, and I'm thinking back to when I had to write for school mm-hmm. and you had to write a lot more. You, you have a PhD, which means you basically wrote for, you know, hours on end with two no whole break. Years. Yeah, two whole years on end with no break. But even the, the, you know, the amount of master's degree education writing, and that was never more than like, I don't know, five, seven pages right. each time we had to write a paper. But yeah, that wasn't fun. Spitting that stuff out no. for a class is not fun. But I'm definitely not proposing everybody sit down and write an essay. <laughs> but even if writing is your job, I feel like you can still do it in ways that are pleasurable to you. Yes. Yeah. And I would say write, sit down and write out an essay on your time. There you go. Sometimes, and I hope other people experience this, I'll have problems or ideas or something floating around in my head. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a full understanding right. of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, I have this like fourth of an idea. Yeah. But it has holes in it. Yes. Or I know I have a fourth of an idea, but I don't know where the holes are. So an essay might actually be useful to you. Sure. To figure out the steps behind your idea. Absolutely. Yeah. So like sometimes I still write academic stuff. Just for funsies? Well, yeah, I guess. It sounds weird to be like academic writing is for funsies. (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> this is like the exact opposite. But if you're a super nerd, then yeah, absolutely. Oh, how dare you. No. Um, <laughs> I respect your super nerdness. Thank you. Yes. Um, but the thing I like to do with the academic abilities are mm-hmm. apply them to things that I enjoy. Yes. So instead of applying academic methods to academic stuff, which is boring. Yes. You apply academic methods to things you enjoy things and then you, you understand enjoy. those things yeah. better. Which I think is my point about writing. I think, and especially for young people, if you, if we got any youngins out there, writing on your own terms, I think, is not only a good thing to do, I think it may also be the trick to maybe avoiding the inevitable end of education for a lot of people, which yeah. is that I hate all the things that I had to do for school. Mm-hmm. I hate reading. I hate writing. I hate, you know, debate. Whatever it is that you were doing in school that you were forced to do on someone else's terms uh-huh. or topics that you didn't choose. Right. You end up hating those activities. Yes. If you mix in, you know, those activities on your own terms, like reading books you choose mm-hmm. and writing things that you want to write that make you happy, I think you can save yourself a lot of that trauma of the the practices of education. You can, can like, shake it off. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. My number two, you ready for this? I'm ready. You ready? Uh Uh-oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Lift the weights. Pick stuff up and put it down. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Now, here's the problem with lifting of the weights. It's hard. No. Okay, what's the problem? People are like, I was going to just use this to overcome objections. 
right? To me, oh. there are many more positive benefits from lifting weights than there are negatives. Okay. Right? My main thing is, like, the act of lifting weights is just a byproduct. It's the result of what you're teaching yourself, which is discipline and routine. Uh, uh-huh. Okay. Right? So it's really a tool to do that. So it's an avenue for discipline. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and there are plenty of, there's plenty of scientific and medical literature to the benefits of lifting weights. Sure. Right? Exercise in general is helpful in a billion mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, joint stability. My mom asked her doctor about osteoporosis yeah. once. You know, because my mom's above 60. Do you know what her solution was? Lift weights. And calcium pills. And calcium pills. Right. There you go. I think a lot of times we conflate lifting weights with lifting heavy weights. Uh, right. Which is obviously which are not necessary. Right. Which yeah. are two completely different things. Right. So my thing is if you'd like to lift heavy weights. Go for it. Sure. Yeah. But not everybody wants to be swole. Why not? We should all want to be swole. We should all want to be on the swole patrol. Well, we do want to be on the swole patrol. <laughs> Yeah, don't we send the applications to your sister? Yes, she's yeah. the she's the uh, CEO. Rebecca, Bre- Rebecca Bread. Rebecca Bread. Yeah, captain of the Swole Patrol. She, yeah, she's on the Swole Patrol. But yeah. if you're, and I think a lot of ladies they go like, if I lift them weights, I'm gonna get swole. Yeah, that's just a misunderstanding. No, you're not. That's just like you not knowing enough stuff about right. what you're doing. Do and some research, ladies. Like if you are, even if you're like a lady, I'm gonna lift them heavy weights. Do you think you're going to get swole? Yeah, it's actually really difficult to bulk up. I th- I think it may even be more difficult for ladies. Mm-hmm. Like uh, probably a lady and a guy lifting the same weights for the same amount of time, you're probably going to see differences in muscle muscle growth. Yeah. Just, just for gender differences. Mm-hmm. Like, and and yeah. there's one major difference here, which yeah. is testosterone. Testosterone, that's right. And then they're like... Well, I saw this woman on YouTube. She is huge. And she lifts the heavy weights. Like, and oh. she also probably takes steroids. Or uh, yeah, I was, gonna, I was, gonna, like I was gonna say protein all day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The HGH makes everybody right. huge. Right. Like, right. If you don't want to do that, for, yeah. for God's sakes, don't do that. Right. Right. Hopefully, it's becoming more um, widespread that weight weightlifting is not about bulking up for for the majority of people. Right. Like, and I see people in the gym picking things up and putting them down, and I know they're not trying to bulk up. I know it's just part of their fitness regimen, and right. I think it's very cool. And the other thing about weightlifting that is better than cardiovascular exercise—you mm-hmm. actually need both. But if you pick one, pick the weights. Is it's not being stuck in a wheel in a cage. Oh, right. Kind of avoiding the monotony of... Right. Of, like walking on a treadmill yeah. is horrible. It's boring. <laughs> right? It's only fun for me because it, I'm usually there with my sister and we're together and, you know, gossiping about whatever. Right. Well, if you're going to stay in gossip, sure. Because yeah. uh-huh. gossip's fun in any circumstance. It's great. But, like, if you just have earbuds and 45 minutes to kill on a treadmill... It's that's rough. That is that is not a fun thing to do with your free time. No. Lifting weights, you know, four sets of twelve, move on to the next thing. It's quick. I like that about it. Yeah, absolutely. And then the thing is like, well, I'm stuck inside. I can't get to the gym. All right, dude. We got there's a set of weights right here on the podcast floor. That's right. You can come over to Bread's house. That's right. We got some we got some weights lying around. You got weights lying around. We do. And if you just Google body weight exercises, yeah, there you go. There are a billion of them. What would be like your number one recommendation if somebody was going to start picking up stuff today and putting it down? What's like the best thing you can do with a dumbbell? Oh, uh, do some squats. Biceps, squ- squats. Yeah, yes, just do some a good squats. Full body thing you can do. Yeah. That's it. Okay. And squats and overhead press. There you go. 
Um, and that'll get you started from there. Do you just stand straight up and do an overhead press? Or you yeah. can do that from anywhere? You could sit and do it, you too? You could sit and do it, yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And all of this stuff is simple to do and widely available. Yeah. And then as you get into lifting weights more, you can find somebody like a trainer or yeah. some, your friend you could or nerd out. who knows more about it and, you know, can introduce you to more complicated techniques and stuff. Sure. But for now, do some push-ups, a few jump squats, get you moving in the right direction. Awesome. That's a good one. All right. We got sleeping. We got riding. We got weightlifting. What's my second one? I'm going to go to... What was my third one? I'm going to move it up. Uh-oh. Uh... Listen to more music is my second one. All right. And this isn't for everyone. I think there are plenty of people out there who are who are already listening to a ton of music. And this is really for folks who, because I've, t- I've talked to plenty of folks who fall into this category of just like, you know, I'm not really into music. They'll listen to talk radio or podcasts right. or whatever. And music is not really a go-to activity for them at all. Or... I know, and this is more common. I know way too many people who they do listen to music, but it'll just be the radio, or they just like this one why, genre. Why are you pointing? Why are you pointing at me, dude? I'm not pointing at you at all. It's only hip hop song. I know, I know, and maybe I'm calling you out. You maybe, maybe. No, no, maybe about it. <laughs> I know people, the portly bald guy who's sitting in my office. <laughs> so I'm just saying, maybe. It's worth a shot at expanding your music horizons. And, I, you know, I don't want to spend too much time. It's not like I want to go through all the, the awesome genres of music. No. But if you're interested, there is a thing called the Internet. And if you just oh. Google, like, if you just Google music genres, I mean, I found a website that has, I don't even know. This has got to be thousands, maybe not thousands, maybe hundreds of genres of music on it. And if there's that many genres... You got to be and able you to find only, something else. Right. Life. There's something out there that you that you can appreciate. And you and I were talking about, before we started recording about how even if you just take the genre that you like and that you want to stick with, that genre has undoubtedly been influenced by so many other genres of music. Yeah. And those artists would probably, if they could talk to you, compel you to branch out and listen to some of their uh, artists who have inspired them. So you're saying work backwards. You could, yes. In yeah, fact, it, and if way. you're in a position where you're only listening to one genre, that might be the best thing for you is to work backwards from from the stuff that you like. But music is is just, especially if, if you're stuck at home <laughs> and you can't do much mm-hmm. else and you're you're done with social media or like, I've watched seven movies today. I don't know what else to do. That would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> watch seven movies. You could probably get that done. It's like in 19 a day. hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do a, like a Lord of the Rings marathon or whatever. And then... Maybe you want to spend some time outside, but you don't want to feel all alone. Maybe you don't want to be quiet or meditate. I think music is a good alternative for that. And I'm sure that everyone has their own, you know, their go-to thing. Like, I can get stuck in a genre, but it's been more on my radar lately because I'll see social media posts or have conversations with people, and it just seems like they're stuck in a music rut and they don't even know it. If you look at the playlists you've been listening to and it's, let's say it's all hip hop, for example, or, (laughs) or let's say, let's say maybe it's different genres, but literally every artist in this list plays a guitar right? or every artist on this list is white. Mm -hmm. Like, I just feel like maybe you're limiting yourself in ways that you don't really understand. (laughs) Yeah, you may do that. Yeah. So here's the problem with that. Yeah. We just had this situation at Casa de Blum. Okay. Where Lauren was digging through some old CDs. Yeah. And then 
she was like, hey, look at this. It's the squirrel nut zippers. Squirrel nut zippers. And, yes. And that's I was, amazing. I was like, what's, what, what's that stuff over there you're doing? She was like, have you ever heard of the squirrel nut zippers? Isn't that like ska from the... I would even call it swing. So, that's right. It was a, It was that revitalization of the swing. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other bands from that era. Yeah. Of when, that was like, what, the 90s or early 2000s when the swing came back? Yes. Uh, this band was Squirrel Nut Zippers, American Jazz Band, formed in 93 in Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Up the way. Up the way. In Sheets Country up there mm-hmm. in Chapel Hill. Yes. Yeah, their hits were coming out in the in the mid to late nineties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the thing, and this this is where, and this is like my own hang up. She was like, "All right, we're gonna put this on." So yes. Cr- open the CD player. Put yeah. it in. You know. Yeah. My first immediate reaction is, "Ugh, this is not Jay Z." <laughs> so you immediately compared it to what you like. Yeah. Yeah. How do you get past that? Um, that's a good question. I think that you went too far away from hip hop. I think that you need to gradually oh, see, retreat see. from your comfort zone. So I need to like move <laughs> over to blues. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Then like, or like older jazz. And Jay-Z has pulled so much from some really good old soul. Like yeah. go, move into soul and then maybe into, I don't know, Motown. Like, yeah, you could, you could go a it. lot of places and still feel... Like you were connected to Jay Z in a way. So you yeah. you're saying you don't have to jump wildly from genre to genre. No, maybe you just kind of move next door there rather you go. than across the country. There you go. All right. And you were talking about a podcast that you listen to. Mm-hmm. Just mention that for the listeners in case they're. So I don't know if it's profesh to plug other people's no, podcasts. It definitely is. But as you know, I like the hip hop. So I was listening to this one called uh, "People's Party" with Talib Kweli, who's a I would call him an underground legend, right? He's, a dope, he's great. He's a dope lyricist, but he never really like achieved critical success. And it turns out he's also a dope podcast host. All right. So he's telling a story that he was going to meet up with the child of Carly Simon and James Taylor. His name the is Love Child. No, I think they were married. Yeah, they were the, actually yeah. married. <laughs> um, I don't know if they're still married, but you know, it's this they are their, not. Their their child, whose name I think is Ben. Yes. And he's a singer-songwriter, and so they're going to meet in New York, mm-hmm. right? So Talib Kweli goes, yeah, so like I hopped on the train, and I had been studying this Carly Simon album. Mm-hmm. And so he goes up, and he's talking to, to Ben Taylor, and Ben Taylor goes, hey, I've really been studying that new Jay-Z album. <laughs> yeah. And, like, this is exactly transposed what you think is supposed to happen. Right. Right? Right. And the other thing I think is... That, and I think this applies actually in a lot of genres, or not genres, but a lot of fields, is that studying other fields makes you more creative in your own field because it gives Mm. you ways to do things that may not be traditional to what you do, but it doesn't mean they're not applicable. Right. So, like, I studied African American history mm-hmm. in graduate school, but I have a healthy chunk of books that are about methodology of history mm. because I always thought it'd be useful to do African American history in a more creative way. Yeah. And so, there are some people who will just do, you know, they'll sort of do the same thing 
over and over. But to right. be a good producer and understander of anything you choose, I think you should be listening to people do the same thing but differently. Yes, absolutely. So that's why I thought that story with Ben Taylor and uh, Quali was really interesting. And I love I th- that story. I think that promotes growth. A rapper listening to Carly Simon and Carly Simon's son listening to Jay-Z is great. And that's what I'm saying, folks. Branch out a little bit. You might be surprised with what you like. And I think we put false boundaries on ourselves. Like once you pigeonhole yourself as a, you know, lover of hip hop or a lover of country music, that might just the label that you've applied to yourself might be preventing you from billing out into other genres. And I'm guilty of this because I'll say things like I hate heavy metal. But there may be some tracks out there that appeal to me. Right. And you know, tie this all back. You get some heavy metal and them heavy weights. <laughs> that's right. That's like a per- that's that's like a legit thing. That's right. Like you listen to like Appetite for Destruction. Sure. And then you get you all pumped up. Yeah, and you deadlift yep. something. Sure. Yeah. I think sure, that'd sure, be sure. amazing. I like the stories though of people who get super pumped by things that you would not expect them to get super pumped to. Like heavy metal is kind of an obvious yeah. one, but there are people who are like, "Man, once I hear that Golden Girls theme song, <laughs> right. I'm just ready to rain." Coming out yeah. swinging. <laughs> that's right. Which I think is great. Okay, let's hear your number three. Number three. All right. So I don't love social media. I've been vocal about this before, and I'll continue. It's, yeah. I'll been continue to be uh, be vocal about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I understand that in the reality in which we live, that it's a, like here to stay, basically. Oh yeah, it's not going anywhere. And if you're stuck in your house, it's like a pretty good way to kill time. I would argue it is a way to kill time. It's I would pre- not right. call it a pretty good way not, to kill not, time. Not good, but how about pre- how about pretty common? It's common. It's a yes. common way to kill time. It's an so, easy go-to. Yes. Mm. And again, I'm not casting aspersions. I do it as well. Oh, yeah. Um, why don't you use it for good? Mm. Give me an example. So here's what I propose you do. Yeah. Everybody has like a bunch of Facebook friends. But sure. how many of them do you actually speak to regularly? I don't know, man. I was looking at my number recently. I think it I think it jumped up over 500 recently. And I was like, who are these people? Right. Who are these people? I don't know. Right. So here's what I propose. Yeah. One of these people, why don't you just reach out to them? Just like what? Direct message? Yeah. Oh, that's abrasive. No. That's intrusive. Absolutely not. That makes me uncomfortable. Why? I don't know. Because it's weird. Because, oh, I'll tell you why. Because... If I get a direct message from someone I haven't heard from in a long time, automatically you're trying to multi-level market something to me. Okay, but what about when it says, hey, I just want to see how you're doing? Nope, nope, no. Because it's happened so many times and I don't trust it anymore. Okay. So even if we get like six messages in and you're still just being nice and making small talk with me, I'm still waiting for the shoe to drop. I'm waiting for that like, hey, have you tried this product? Because it's changed my life. Okay. Well, the only way to get through that, though, is to have people send them with good <laughs> intentions. Yeah, I guess. I just think we're so jaded at this point. Well, with, I'm not. Like reaching out via social media to people that we haven't talked to in a long time. No. Have you done that recently? I do it from time to time. Okay. I could. I should probably should do it more. I did it recently with this guy I used to know, and mm-hmm. then he didn't accept my friend request. <laughs> yeah, because he thought you were trying to sell him something. Oh, I don't know. Some protein powder. I mean, I'll sell him some protein powder. Yeah, you will. Wants. Yeah, um, some supplement, some subs. S- no. <laughs> Stop. Some subs. Stop. I'm, I, one more subs and I'm out of here. All right. But, you know, everybody has their, like, aunt that you don't talk to that often. Yeah, okay. So if it's somebody who, who yeah. you've you've got an already established mm-hmm. relationship with. Yeah, yeah just pick somebody sure. you, you actually know, yes. but you haven't talked to in a while. Yeah. And you send him a note that says, hey, 
how are things with you? Yeah, Just want to check in. Sure. And they'll probably say, because when I do this activity, people say, I'm doing all right. How about you? Yeah, that's and I, it. And I said, oh, everything's good. Cats are still fat. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all, right? Okay, that's and harmless. I think, yeah. I want this to be as harmless as possible, sure. but here's my theory, yeah. is the good spirit that it brings to everybody yeah. is well worth the time that it takes you, which oh, is sure. which is literally zero. No, and, we, and we've got the time right now. If you have time to scroll through a zillion Facebook posts and not interact with any of it, then you definitely have time to stop scrolling for a second and reach out to somebody. Literally two sentences. Yep, yeah. yeah, there you go. So I, yeah, I'm with you there. I'm coming around to the idea. It just is so weird to use social media for that purpose right, these days. Right, because people have oaked yeah. it up. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. oak it up yeah. and you use it for something that is positive, right. then I think it's good. So let me tell you yeah. what happened to me the other day. Yeah, tell I was, me. I was on the Instagram mm-hmm. and there's this guy and he's a famous jujitsu guy. His name is Gary Tonin. And he has a school. I never met this dude. I don't know anybody who knows him. Uh-huh. You know, I have no connection to this guy except for that I've seen him do jujitsu. He has this school in, in New Jersey. And because of the, you know, he can't do jujitsu now, he's in bad financial trouble. So he posts about how this hurts his feelings and how he's disappointed because he's all these students who, you know, have been tr- training very hard for him. And, you know, like the kind of thing you would expect if you were no longer able to do this thing that was meaningful to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's got like, I don't know, close to a million followers. I don't know this guy. But I just wrote, I just sent a message. Hey, man, saw your post. Where can I donate? Oh, yeah. I don't expect this person to write back to me or anything. Yeah. And I actually don't hardly have any money to donate. Like, I give give you 48 cents or something. (laughs) But what I was hoping that he would see this message and say, hey, look, there's somebody out there who cares. Yeah. Did you know how long it took me? What? Two seconds? Uh, Five seconds? No joke. 45 seconds. Yeah. Isn't a return on that good? Sure. Did you get a reply? I didn't get a reply. I mean, I didn't check a couple days, but I can't But it made you feel good. Right. And that's the other point. It's like... If your position is like, well, what does it do for me? It makes you feel good. You're thinking about somebody else, even if you're not directly interacting or, you know, nothing ever comes of it. You're just, you've taken a moment to think about somebody else and study yourself. Right. Which is great. Should it make you feel good? Yeah. So don't even do it for them. Right. Do it for you. Sure. If you want to be selfish about it, go for it. Yeah. But selfish for the promotion of more positivity. Right. That's right. what I always yeah. think. And do you ever yeah. hear people who like criticize celebrities for donating to attract attention? You've ever heard this criticism? Maybe. Have you? Yeah. I'm trying to think of an example. Well, I do it all the time. Like, oh, so-and-so donated a million dollars to these hungry kids and that'll keep them in the media spotlight. Right? right. Well, that's not the real reason you should donate. Right. So? I don't care. Right. The kids are eating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, the right. kids have food. Yeah. Why do you care? Yeah. Yeah. So no, that's, absolutely. That's sort of the premise in which I operate. Yeah. Let's not spend so much time questioning our motives. If it's the right thing to do, do it. You can worry about motives later, I guess, if you want to at all. Like, just do the right thing. And you don't have to feel <laughs> guilty for doing something right. for you that feels good. That's exactly true, as long as it's not hurting anybody else. And this obviously does not. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that is my third one. I love it. Okay. Well, that brings us to my third, mm-hmm. which... Is basically, I think I zoomed too far out for this one because we did say that these are things that you maybe could do today and maybe you can't do this one today and that's okay. But we we talked a little bit about before we started recording about caring for another living thing. So I thought I'd throw that in as my third one. Obviously, many of us are already in that boat. Maybe even if you're just married, you're caring for another living thing, right? I would hope you're caring for your spouse. (laughs) That's right. You're devoting yourself 
to your spouse in ways that are sacrificial. But if you have the means, I'm thinking something like adopt a dog or a cat or something. Bring a living, maybe even a plant if you don't feel like going all the way with an animal. Right. But, but the act of having something that is kind of dependent on you for its survival and maybe even its comfort is a good thing. And so obviously anybody who has kids, you're already there. Like, don't right. go get a dog. No. But if you don't have kids and it's just you or you and your spouse are kind of, you know, in a good groove where you're not having to really rely on each, on each other all that much for for basic things, I would say it, it's a pretty rewarding thing to have an animal in your life. So I have a dog. Blum, you've got two amazing cats. I have two hefty cats. They're hefty. Our dog is getting heftier for sure because we keep feeding her and maybe don't exercise her as much as we should. But then there you go. It's a it's a thing I have to think about. We mm-hmm. have to think about what's our dog eating and is she getting enough exercise? And I would not equate it with, with rearing a child. And I know that it bothers parents when people talk about their pets as their children. So we get it. It's not the same thing. And we totally appreciate that. Right. But... You can extract from all of this the idea that caring for another thing who needs you to survive is good for you in a lot of ways, right? Right. And the other thing is like, well, this is a lot of effort. To obtain it is really no effort. Right. We, from your house, could walk to the Greenville County Animal Shelter. Yes, we're very close to the the Greenville Animal. I think it's called... Something. So, oh gosh, I have a friend that volunteers there. He'd be so mad that I don't the know Greenville the name Anim- of this place. Go to the Greenville Animal Something, <laughs> or the Greenville Humane Society, which sure. is a different thing. Yes, I've been in there a billion times, and for the whole thing, if you want an animal and all the accoutrement to start, yeah, two hundred bucks. They'll yeah. sell you literally everything right there. Yep. And the only rule, you ready for this rule? Yep. Is you have to spend twenty minutes with the animal before you before take it you home. take it. Yeah. All right, so that means if you really want to do this, you could get this accomplished, what, an hour? Yeah, an really. Hour, an hour Just and a half? Block off a couple hours. Yeah. Go get yourself a pet. Now, you might need to prep your home in some ways All right, for now an we're animal. up to two hours. <laughs> right. Like, all this could be done really Afternoon. easily. Yeah, absolutely. And you know how much it costs to adopt an animal? $35, and they run like one month a year where it's nothing. And some of them have already been paid for. So you like right. literally have nothing to, uh, no fee for it. So, like, if you really want to do that, there's no barrier stopping you. Yeah, I don't think there is. And any excuses you could make, such as, I don't have time, I'm only giving you that if you have kids. If you don't have kids, malarkey. Also, get a cat. Uh, Yeah, cats are pretty low maintenance. And you can even get a dog that's low maintenance. Like, don't get a pup. If you don't have the time to devote to training a a young animal, don't get a puppy. Maybe don't even get a kitten. But if, like, you could go today and there are plenty of dogs and they will tell you which ones these are who are low key, low maintenance, very laid back, will just chill with you at your house and just be your companion. Just give it food and water and maybe walk it every now and then. Right. And again, don't do it for the animal. Right. Do it for you. It is. Re- yeah, absolutely. So what would you say that the benefits to you have been from being a cat owner? For being a pet owner? So yeah. I didn't grow up with pets. So this was like new to me. Yeah. What it is, is I think it has, on some level, it has forced me to stop thinking so much about myself. Yes. To think about another thing instead of yourself is great. And I'm with you there. I think the same thing is true of Jolie. Having to think about her, having to stop what I'm doing and feed her or give her water or take her outside. Like, that's the biggest thing is just like, well, geez, I don't want to go outside right now. 
but the dog has to go right. outside. Right. So I'm I'm going outside. You know, just having to kind of shed a little bit of what you want for something else is a good humbling and it's um, a good life practice. It's a good life practice. And then also there's the benefit of companionship. I mean, isn't it just fun coming home to living things that are like glad to see you or maybe maybe your cats don't act like they're glad to see you, but I'm sure they are glad to see you. They're mostly glad to see Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't <laughs> so they have them. their preference. Yeah, I don't blame them. <laughs> but it's nice. You know, if Jerry's not home and it's just me and Jolie chilling, like I'm not by myself and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's very cool. So, all right. Those are our six things, you guys. We're saving the world today. We are. And again, this is obviously not for everybody. Some of these don't apply and, and we're definitely not saying that you're all in need of life improvement. These are just, you know, maybe things that if you haven't tried and you have the capacity to try them, do it. Like I'm going to do right after we end this, I'm picking up a thing and putting it down. We've got how many pounds do you think that is? Well, I can can see the label. It says 15. Oh, we have 15 pound weights on the floor. I might just pick one up. Sarah's going to get swole after the podcast. I'm going to get so swole. Anything else you want to add? No, I think I'm good. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to us with whatever podcast platform you use. You can find us on most of those, and we are Splain Yourself. If you have a minute, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, And in the meantime, hang in there, you guys. Stay safe and always be ready to... Splain Yourself. Yourself.